Hello and welcome to this special episode of the Ambition Podcast, sponsored by Salesforce.org. I'm Ellen Buchan, Insights and Communications Executive here at AMBA and BGA. This episode of the Ambition Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce.org. Salesforce.org is committed to supporting the education community through the technology, workforce development and lifelong learning initiatives needed to drive equitable access to education for all. For more information on Education Cloud by Salesforce.org, please head to www.salesforce.org forward slash higher ed forward slash. To tell us more about Salesforce and to gain insight into the future of higher education, I'm delighted to welcome Julio Villalobos from Salesforce to talk to us today. Here's that conversation. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Could we start off with you introducing yourself, please, and maybe telling me a little bit about your career? Yes. Hello. Good morning. And thanks a lot for inviting me. I'm Julio Villalobos, I'm the CXO industry advisor for Celsius.org at the education industry. And my main role here in Celsius as the industry advisor is to help Celsius to better understand the education industry. And by better understanding the industry, uh, we provide better outcomes to our customers. And my knowledge of the industry came because I've been during 12 years as a marketing director, digital transformation chief officer, and finally as a corporate director at one of the major European business schools uh, worldwide ranked. Amazing. So quite the expert. There's so much I want to talk to you about today. Um, but to start off, what do you think the state of the nation for business schools at the moment is? Oh, I think um, the, the the business schools at the moment, the, the impact of COVID has been amazing on the on the education industry and specifically on the business schools. I think, and, and don't take that literally, I think COVID has been one of the best things that it has happened to the education industry because it, it's make the, the industry to move on and to move out of their comfort zone and to realize that they, they, they need to, to, to embrace changes. Like, for example, they, they realize from one night to another that they, they, they increase a lot the demand of, um, of potential students. They, that demand was every time more internationally. And they have to switch from maybe 24 hours to be most of the business schools 100% offline to be 100% online. And also now they are thinking how to move to the hybrid world. So that means uh, a a real challenge for them. And also there has been an an, an impact on what I call the well-being. So because studying, teaching and working in an ecosystem where um, you can study anytime, anywhere. It's been very stressing. So taking care of the of well-being of students, professors, and staff, it's becoming a, an important uh, point for all the business schools. So I think um, it's the 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 the, the is that it's been a good for the business schools. They are in good shape, and they are realizing how to keep that. A momentum that COVID provides to the industry to do a really a big challenge, big changes for the new challenges and opportunities that they are coming on. I absolutely love your positivity. 
to kind of come on from that, can you share some examples of digital transformation success in business schools? Yeah, I think, um, I, I personally think that those business schools that will not do a change or they will not move out their comfort zone, for comfort zone, they will disappear in a few years. So I'm happy seeing that many, many, many business schools are realizing they need to do, they need to embrace changes, they need to embrace technology. And by the way, technology, it's never the goal itself, but technology is the and enable to achieve those goals. So basically, for example, just to share a few, a few of them. So at Celsius, we have more than 6,000 customers all over the world, business schools, universities, private, public, big ones, small ones. So that gives us a lot of uh, information of, of what are the major trends and challenges and how are they solving. But focusing on the European ones that are my area, for example, I will highlight, for example, um, Norwegian uh, Business School, BI Norwegian Business School, um, they, 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 they realize they want to put the, the student on the center of all their their systems and and they create um, like a, like let's say a shop it's called infohub where the all, all the students can solve their needs in a one unique interaction and they realize that they are a very good example of how they substitute many different technologies and how they broke the internal silos so they do not affect to the to the student and they really treat the student not only as a student but also they want to treat it as a customer another good example would be alto business school that they really create a huge end-to-end digital transformation process they switch more than 60 different technologies by a unique technology in that case it's salesforce and and they were really focused on on doing that all full full project of digital transformation um, project in terms of how that impacts on processes, how that impacts on their products, how their that impacts on the contact points of on on the lifelong learning and the lifelong relationship of the customers. Um, another one could be from in the UK, uh, Imperial College, where they started by the marketing recruitment and admissions area to implement uh, technology there to become a more efficiency in that area. And from that learning on that initial stage of marketing, recruitment and admissions, they are moving to a whole project where they are putting, once again, the student on, on the center. So at the end, I think... Um, most of the customers, what they're trying to, to achieve with all these digital transformations is first have a 360 degree view of the student, even if it is that a potential student. Meanwhile, they're a student or after they're becoming a student and becoming an alumni and probably a potential future student. Also, uh, minimizing the impact on the student of being organized by silos. So the student hasn't have to provide three times the same information or doesn't receive uh, the same day, uh, the four mails with the same information. Also, how they bring up data and, and, and good data. I mean, it's, the, it's not a matter of having data, it's a matter of having good data and having a, a unique source of truth of data. It's very important because from that data, you can 
analyze and learn from the past, but you can also automatize processes. You can personalize communications. You can do some uh, uh, like predictivity, and then you can be a lot more efficient in terms of processes and becoming more efficient in terms of processes, your operations become more efficient in terms of less time, less cost, and, and you can be a, a lot more modern um, uh, organization. And, uh, and at the end, I think it's very important because the, the lifelong learning it's it's converting customers or students not in a one stop shop but i mean our students are going to they will need to be educated during all their professional careers so having them a very uh, happy and and a good student success and 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 a, and a satisfaction customer it's very important so they will keep a trust in your organization for for their future education Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. So what do you think are the biggest challenges as we move forward into 2022 and beyond? I think there are many, many, many challenges. And and I like to see challenges as an opportunities because the the other side of the coin of, of a challenge, it's an opportunity. And I really think there are many, many schools that are taking those challenges by the horns and and converting them on opportunities. And there is a major um, a major pattern, which is technology may help to, to achieve many of those challenges. But I would say, for example, demographics is one of the challenges. So the, the birth rate worldwide is decreasing. So in getting students is going to be more challenging. So you need to move out of your standard zones where your your customers your students used to be you know education used to be a very regionalized industry and now it's becoming uh, the globalization is becoming it's coming also in the in the in the education industry so you are going to uh, increase and and your marketing activities beyond your natural regions plus you need to understand that in your campuses either if those campuses are physical uh, virtual or hybrid, you are going to have people from everywhere in the world. So you need to understand that a student success, a student satisfaction, it's not the same for a European person, that for an American person, that for an Asian person, you need to understand that. Another challenge is that students, they, they want to be treated not only as students, but also as a customers, because they have relationship with other companies that they are offering a great customer experience, like like say Apple, Netflix. So they want to be treated as customers. And that doesn't mean that you don't treat them as a student, but also you need to treat them as a customers. Another important challenge, I think it's that the competitors. So all these digital world in which we are living it's uh, it's making that there are a lot of new competitors appearing in the industry some of them are like classical universities they just make a huge jump front with technology but there are also a lot of ad techs appearing on on the industry or even though private technology companies that there are thinking that they can be a good um, place to learn their technology on data, on data analytics, on, 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 on programmatic or whatever. 
I think there is another important challenge, which is technology. Um, until five, six years, technology was one-shot project. Okay, I want to implement whatever project. I invest a lot of time and a lot of money on that technology, and that's it. So technology is not going to be any more one-shot project. So technology is going to be a permanent and enablement that it's going to remain in our day-by-day and it, it's, it's going to help us to improve and to develop all these um, challenges and opportunities. One Another um, challenge, definitely, it's how we move to a real hybrid ecosystem. So I was saying before that we moved from 24 hours from 100% offline to 100% online, and now we are moving progressively to a hybrid ecosystem, which is very hard because for me, Hybrid, it doesn't mean that you do uh, X percent of things on offline and X percent of things off online. Hybrid means that you need to review all your processes, all your contact points with your customers, all your lifelong relationship, and to see where you add more value in, in an offline way, where you add more value in an online way. Online way. And that may differ from a 25-year-old guy or person to a 20 or to a 50-year-old person. So that's going to be what I said, omni, uh, omni-channel ecosystem. So once again here, if you want to personalize that, automatize that, and you need technology for that. And, and also there is also, besides the hybrid education, it's a virtual education, so how we move to that virtual education because I think in the future education or some part of the education is going to be more experimental and it's going to be more similar to the entertainment ecosystem than to the classical um, way of teaching that we know. So professors beyond their own topics, knowledge, they need to have some, uh, uh, some like entertainment uh, capacities they know they need to they need to know how to teach uh, in a virtual way and uh, i was saying uh, i think holistic care is going to be a a, 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 a completely need so how we take care of our students professors and staff on that hybrid ecosystem and finally um, I think universities business schools and any education institution will need to be very very well connected to either to society and I'm, I'm i'm when i'm talking to society i'm talking about sustainability we need to become a more sustainability organizations and institutions and second we need to be very well connected to the workforce so workforce i mean industry 4.0 and that's connected to lifelong learning in b2c model to B2B model, to new skills that we need to learn that we don't even know which ones are they. And probably that means that institutions, they will need to partner with other, uh, either partner or create alliances, not only with other universities or business schools, but probably with some ed techs or probably with some companies. So they can be a trustful option for the, for the students to be um, to, to keep their lifelong learning career there. And, and those are the, the most important things. And the only one I haven't mentioned is that the unbundling offering. So I think 
um, the, the, the learning process is going to be, in the future, is going to be different. So instead of being the university of business schools who are defining what's a, 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 a great or what's in a master, you will pick your learning career. And that's very important. Then you need to, to, to do how you are going to do the macro accreditations. So, and, and how you get that for in a, in a proper way. So the and a student can follow their own path uh, based on their own interest and, and to, to have a successful lifelong learning career. So I don't know, it's been very, very long, Helen, but I mean, there are many challenges and many opportunities. I think you've just mapped out the future of higher education for us. So um, thank you so much for that insight. I'd like to ask you a couple more specific things from what you've said already. So how has student recruitment evolved within the business school sector in the last like, turbulent times? I think marketing and recruitment has been, uh, I think is the best, the, the, sorry, not the best, the first uh, initial step where digitalization has started many business schools and um, because they realize their students, they move to a digital ecosystem. So like if you go 20 years ago, probably um, if you were, uh, let's say a Barcelona business school, you put an ad on the Barcelona newspaper and that was it. Now, the students are not anymore in the physical way. They are online. And second, you, you as I mentioned before, um, this industry has gone global. So uh, students are all over the world. For example, when I was at the study, um, more than 70% of our students, they were internationally. So we need to be an international, we need to develop an international marketing and we need to develop an omni-channel um, and hybrid marketing. So doing a, a correct marketing, so because your need has increased, but the budgets for business schools in terms of marketing hasn't increased. So you need to be more effective on your marketing. So the only way you can do it is you can implement in technology to do an, an, uh, an automation of the marketing, a more personalized marketing and a, and, and, and a marketing with a lot more productivity. So you, you need to implement data, good data and artificial intelligence beyond that. So we can see that the business school side of things has changed, but do you think what the students expect has changed as well because of COVID? I think uh, um, student expectations are changing every day, but it's not something that happens with COVID. It happens since the 100 years ago. But the reality is that, that those changes now are faster than ever. And not only because COVID, COVID already has changed, is the way we 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 teach. So the channel, instead of teaching or instead of learning in a chair in a classroom, you are learning at home, uh, initially in a Zoom, in a Teams, in some of those platforms. But in the future, I'm quite sure we are going to learn at home in a more virtual ecosystem, probably with 4, 4D glasses and a, a new technology that we don't even know that they exist yet. But what it's changing a lot, it's not only the way, but it's the content. So Industry 4.0 is changing very, very fast. So the skills 
hard skills and soft skills that need to be learned are are completely um, um, evolution. It's basically uh, every day. So uh, data, data analytics, the behavior of data, and then many, many, many other new skills that we don't even know which ones are they. So, and, and this is something, it's very difficult that if you are a business school, you can be updated and you can be good in all those new skills. That's why I think, um, specializing your university or your business school in a specific area and doing the proper alliances and doing the proper partnerships with other business schools or with other ed techs or with other companies to provide trust to your students that you will take care of them with the better knowledge of all these new skills that will be a must. You kind of mentioned it in that answer, but just to draw upon, you said about a unique selling point. And do you think that business schools are aware of having a unique selling point? And do you think that they're good at showcasing this to their prospective students? I think um, to, to create a unique selling proposition, it's uh, it's very difficult, not only in the education industry, I think everywhere. I think it's a very important to, to, to have a real one and 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 you create it. I think universities they really have a very clear which is their mission. And from that mission, they built their unique selling proposition. I like a lot. Um, there was a um, there was a professor who just passed away, uh, unfortunately, Clayton Christensen from Harvard Business School. This, that has a, a teaching lesson that has that says the 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 works to be done. So I think the jobs to be done. Sorry, the any company or in that case, the education institutions, business school, they need to understand which is the job to be done that they offer to their to the to the students, and from that, then build up their unique selling proposition. But I'm completely aware that um, what they do really have very clear. All the business schools is their mission, and based on that mission, they 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 are building the unique selling proposition. Another thing. If they are explaining that unique selling proposition properly to the to the to the market, but I'm I'm quite sure every time they're getting better people on on marketing areas on on business schools and universities, and I I can tell that um, the 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 type of marketing that it's been doing on the business schools and in the education industries has nothing. To, to invite to any other industry like automotive or banking or whatever. I mean, they're, what I see is they have a very good marketing directors and marketing teams on business schools. I'm afraid we're running out of time, but um, I'd just like to say thank you so much for giving us such a sneak peek into the future of higher education. Okay, it's been a pleasure and, and yeah, we are really focusing on, on our goal on Salesforce.org, which are, we, we are very focused on, um, on education industry, is to really help with our technology for all these changes and opportunities that business schools and universities, they need to embrace to be relevant in the short time future. Thank you so much to Julio for such an insightful interview. And thank you so much to salesforce.org for their support in this podcast. 
If you'd like to hear more insights about the higher education industry, head to www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition and make sure to listen out for the next Ambition podcast.